Welcome to the podcast, Finding Silver Linings, with your hosts, Benny and Paula, married team of inherently flawed individuals, business entrepreneurs, and empty nesters. Our approach to life is trial and error, many errors along the journey, which makes us 100% human. We find ourselves living life upside down sometimes, and that has brought us to the awareness of looking for and finding silver linings. I'm Benny. And I'm Paula. And we are finding, finding silver, silver linings. linings. We found a silver lining this last weekend with your La Familia. We did. Labor Day weekend. We had a good silver lining. We did. Much needed time with your mom and your sister. We got away to the cool pines of Ruidoso. New Mexico. Chilled a little bit. Literally. It was nice and cool. Oh, it was cooler than West Texas, right? It wasn't like 30 degrees or anything. Not yet, but it's <laughs> no, coming. It felt good, though. And we just, we had a good time just catching up and visiting and being and chilling. And, and we mourned the loss of Jimmy Buffett. We did. Woke up to the sad news of the passing of Jimmy Buffett. So we had to make a little margarita. Now, I'm not going to say who all of us drank that margarita. That is not for me to tell. I know I had one. I know I had one. Well, it was a good time. And, you know, we're about four hours from Ruidoso, but bless your mom and sister, they had five hours before they even got to our house and then had four more to go. So they were true purrs. Well, they were tuckered out, weren't they? They were. That's a long way to go. It's a good thing that, you know, we have those compression stockings that we have to wear when we get older because my feet and legs will swell up like a toad. I don't, it's getting old. Do they really wrong. work? Yes, they really work, and they're so attractive if you wear them with shorts. Not really, but but they do work. And when I fly, I wear them because I'm old, and I never had this problem before I got old. I know I had to wear them when I had knee surgery, and I did not like them. Well, I didn't like helping you put them on. <laughs> we used the baby powder and the, the, the plastic, plastic bag. bag trick. And I'd be sweating like a dog when I finished getting those compression hosieries on you well thankfully your knees are in good shape so i don't have oh, to help you oh my word but i didn't <laughs> i didn't wear them a day longer than i had to well it was just so fun to be with them we talked the whole time and visited and caught up and of course i i am known to be the travel agent extraordinaire by your own definition. By my own definition, of course. And so we had to take a little road trip over to Alamogordo to see the world's largest pistachio. Now I crack up at the word pistachio because in my head, I hear it the way your mom says it. Yes. How? She says pistachio. Pistachio. Mom. 
Well, you did make us do a trek across New Mexico when we were perfectly comfortable. With our feet propped up on, on the patio. On our patio. Yeah. Well, I had to drive them by the, the famous place where on our honeymoon you locked your keys in the car and had what I would consider my first... I lost my mind. <laughs> my first experience with a temper tantrum from a grown man. And so I had to drive them by that. You know, there's a beautiful church up on the, the hill in Mescalero, New Mexico. And goodness, 30-something years ago, we, we were... On our honeymoon, we had only known each other a few months. I had certainly never seen that side of him, which I never see that side anymore, and I'm thankful we grew out of that, just like a child having a temper tantrum. But Well, he, I put a plug in for Zoloft. <laughs> Zoloft, there you go. This, this is brought to you by... <laughs> a man that takes Zoloft. And it's so chill. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. But anywho, he was just ranting and cussing that day. And here I was young. You know, he married way, way, I was way too young. He was an old man. I thought you were going to say way above my head, which is true. <laughs> that too. And so I, he was cussing and he was tearing the, the rubber seal up on his, what did you drive? It was a white? It was a white Mercury Cougar. Cougar. Oh, he loved that car. And he was tearing the rubber seal up with the coat hanger. So I just said, well, I'm going to go in that church. And I'm going to light a candle and say a little prayer. Now, I'm not sure what the candles did because that's not my personal faith that I grew up in. But they were in there. Alas, they had matches and candles. And so I lit a candle. And the next thing I know, I'm hearing the horn honk outside. He has had a miracle in the parking lot. A miracle. It's true. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we don't have to relive that except by memory. It is one of my favorite stories, and I just love that I got to take your mom and sister by that church and share that memory with them. And then we, we moseyed on across to Alamogordo on our family so we vacation So we could see trip. the world's biggest nut. <laughs> exactly, and have some darn good homemade ice cream. You had the, the homemade pistachio ice cream. I had a root beer float, which I have not had anything like that in a long time. I rarely drink sugary drinks, and I certainly don't add ice cream to them, but it was delicious, and I, I ate every bite. Well, it was quite good on that hot day in the desert. Well, then we took the side route across to Cloudcroft, and we, we placed bets on what temperature difference there would be in 15 miles between Alamogordo and, and Cloudcroft. And was it about 15 or 20 degrees cooler? I'm trying to remember. It was about 20, 20 degrees. 20 degrees cooler in just 16 miles. Your mom won that bet. So shout out to Dortha for winning the bet. She guessed 73 and it was 93 when we left. So just a great, great trip. Went through the tunnel, honked our horn. All the good stuff. And you were a trooper. 
for going and letting me do that. Well, it wasn't hard. You know, one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song. Let's see if he knows it. Um, is it a Crystal Gale song? No, but I do love me some <laughs> Crystal it a, Gale. Anne Murray song? No, but I do love Is it an Amy Grant song? I'm not a big fan of Amy Grant. How about Sandy Patty? No. Um, oh, wow. Don you Williams. Are, you're pulling way back in the archives. I'll give you a hint. Michael Jackson. I love Michael Jackson, but it's Trisha Yearwood. Oh. What song do I love by her? Um, so give me a hint. What's the favorite song from Trisha? Baby, you can sleep oh, while yeah. I drive. Because yeah. I love to drive and go places. And I love to sleep while so you drive. there you go. It's a win-win. Well, we are quite different. I like to go. Uh, I'm going to say I like to be. I was scratching my chest. Did y'all hear that? Did you? Yes, I could hear it. Scratching like a emery board over there <laughs> if you need to scratch put the mute button on from now on okay. people don't want to hear that crap well my man boob was itching <laughs> <laughs> oh what were we saying um i like to be there i don't exactly always like going there but i like to be there wherever there is and i love the journey of getting there and i would probably stop more often to smell the roses and take pictures of things if it didn't make you a little grumpy. It just delays the inevitable. Well, your sister and I decided to go on a walk and move a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I would say neither one of us are just in the greatest of shape. She needs a new knee desperately. I need to stop eating quite so much. And, you know, you get to the mountains and you're not used to the thin air and you'll be huffing and puffing when you're hardly doing anything. In fact, you came into the bedroom one morning and I said, are you out of breath? And you said, yes. I had to bend over. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a second. It cut my air off. <laughs> there, might be, there might be a problem medically if you get out of breath just for bending over, but... Anyway, she and I went on a walk and and enjoyed that immensely. Just walked along the golf course hoping that nobody hit a stray ball our way and knocked the lights out of our thinking. You didn't know but, me when I got hit in the face with a golf ball. No, I didn't. Because, again, you're an old man, and I was probably still like in my mother's womb when that happened. Yeah. Back in high school, I was on the golf team. I don't know why they let me, but I was. Anyway, Ken Young teed off, and I was already headed to down the fairway. He hollers, four. Four! And I turned around and said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it smacked me in the face right under my nose, knocked me out cold, literally knocked me out on the ground. He ran out there, looked down over me, thought I was dead, and took off running. That is a great story. Do we know where Ken Young is these days? Do we well, have an in, inkling? He's in post. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I wonder if he remembers. Or I believe he's trying still to in kill post. you. How yeah. funny. 
So. Well, you don't golf anymore. I guess you had PTSD over that little incident. No, I just don't have the time. Well, or obviously it might make you out of breath. <laughs> Only if You'd I have, to... have to bend over and put your ball down. <laughs> well, I'll have to work on that. Well, it was just a, it was a great weekend. I encourage everybody to slip away with some family if you like them and make those memories. We have pictures. I cannot remember what Darla called the big pistachio, but she said it looked like a giant butt crack. And it sort of does. And so then on the way home, we stopped by this giant boulder that's, I mean, I don't know, two stories tall, story and a half tall, what? 20 feet tall, big boulder, that people spray paint sort of like the cars in Amarillo. So it changes as you go by. And we stopped to take our picture in front of that. And up at the top of the rock, right above there, Darla and Dortha and Benny's head, is the word fart. And so she called it fart rock and told her she just appreciated the fact that I took her to the world's largest butt crack and fart rock. It was just fun. It was fun, fun to be together and comfortable and make those memories yep and it was a it was a nice slow-paced weekend it felt like it was slow-paced and then all of a sudden it was gone like a vapor well while we were there we set up a table in the garage threw up those garage door didn't throw them up we raised <laughs> the garage doors put on our headphones and got the microphones out recorded benny's sister interviewed her that is the word i was looking for interviewed, interviewed her regarding the nonprofit that her son started back in 2015 and has been continued all of this time fascinating wonderful ministry wonderful need and it just reminded us of what we had talked about last week in the podcast about making a teeny bit of difference because the needs are staggering so it was so great to talk to her we hope you mm -hmm. enjoy listening to this interview. Well, we are here with Benny's sister, Darla, and we are just enjoying, well, it's Labor Day weekend when we're recording this, and we're enjoying a little time in the mountains with Benny's mom and sister. How much fun is that? It's been fun. It has been fun. Welcome, Darla. Well, thank you. It's been a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I've not done much of anything but have rest and relaxation. Darla says this is a little awkward. It is. I'll, I'll paint a picture for you. We're sitting in the garage with the doors up because our dogs are noisy. So we're because out. this is where our weekend studio is. Yes, this, is our, this is our weekend studio. So we have our microphones and our earphones and people are walking by and we're just giving them, you know, that two finger. Hey. hey. That we give people when, when we see them. Okay, I'll remember that. Hey. I'm practicing. I was remembering um, one Christmas, I think either we decided or I decided what we wanted for Christmas that year. <laughs> <laughs> it was an organ, remember? And how we talked mom and daddy into telling them how bad we wanted this. What was the kind of organ that it was? Was it a Hammond? Hammond. Was it a Hammond organ? It was the kind out in the mall that they had a shop and they had all those different sounds on it. Anyway, we uh, pooled all of our money together and put it in a box, put bricks in it, and gave money to Mom and Daddy because we wanted that organ, so we decided to give them money to 
Do you probably, remember this? You look confused. I, I do remember Benny always talked me into a lot of things that we wanted, and we usually got them. So, yeah, we did lots of things. Do you remember that, though? I remember the organ. I don't really remember us. I do remember getting it for Christmas, but, yeah, I don't remember. We put money in a box put bricks in it because we thought that'd be so funny and we were going to help pay for the christmas present we asked for it's probably not more than 25 dollars in that box but well and i, I know remember. one of my favorite stories is you talking darla into <clears throat> paying for new furniture for your mom when you went and traded her furniture in without her permission or knowledge yes. and then you made darla give all of her allowance and for like what a year or a whole know. summer or something. oh yeah he came home he was like oh we could get this for for mom and daddy and i'm like i don't have that much money will you just give me what you, you can <laughs> you just give me everything you have <laughs> and he's still that way well and then we were eating off dishes the other night with colton and mckenna our, my son and hope to be future and daughter-in-law one day um and the dishes were the same way. That hey, let's get these for Mama for I don't know birthday or Christmas or something. And I'm like, I don't make that much money. Well, just give me what you've got. <laughs> Benny was always money bags. <laughs> no, you were money bags because I spent all of mine. <laughs> you saved yours. Sounds like you bought things for your mom. I do remember the one time that um, we went somewhere and they had a drawing. And we were going to, you could win, it was like $100. And that was a lot, you know, to win back then, $100. And you said, I tell you what, Darla, if you win, um, you give me half. And if I win, I'll give you half. Well, guess who won? Me. Benny. And guess who didn't get half? Darla. <laughs> Is that what happened? Do you remember I, that? How I remember it. <laughs> so you're saying I owe you $50? Oh, I'm sure it's all <laughs> come I'm out sure it's more wash. than that. <laughs> I'm sure it's all come out in the wash. (laughs) Okay, I'll pay you back. Well, what I know is not only was she a giver back then, but she's still a giver. She's still a giver. And that's why we're visiting with her today. This is exactly right. Well. So, I got some questions for you. Okay. I just want to know about about your ministry and, and Bryson's ministry. We want to know about... We want you to tell us about House for a Home. House for a Home. What, just tell us, what is House for a Home? Oh, this is so humbling, and I'm so excited to get to share, because it is a passion of mine. And I get emotional when I talk about it, because I'm so passionate. Sorry. Um, but basically, um, our son Bryson, I'll start at the very, very beginning, Back when he was like in fifth grade, he came home from a little um, VBS one night that our uh, youth helped with, and um, he says, Mom, I'm going to be a missionary one day. And I'm like, oh, really, Bryson? And we talked about that for a minute. And I said, well, you just need to be faithful where you're at, you know, to do what God's called you to do where you are this day. And so that was back way back in fifth grade, and life goes on, and at... Gosh, in 2016, so he is 32 now, and it's 2023, so I don't do the math real well. but Seven years ago. <laughs> seven years ago, um, he was in real estate and was beginning to start real estate, and he just had this vision. He said, as much money as comes through the real estate transaction, why couldn't we 
do something to make a difference. And um, he had seen the Tom Shoe model of buy a pair, give a pair. And he's like, why couldn't we do that with the house? So buy a house, uh, sell a house and give a house to someone in need. So we just began to think about that and dream about that. And he kind of let it sit on the back burner for a little bit. And then he finally talked to his dad and uh, he says, if I'm going to ever do anything with this, I've got to do it this year and I've got to get it. So we just began to pray and to think about it. And God just began to open the doors. So that's, that's so, how it started. So House for a Home, um, it's not here in the United States. You don't build houses in the United States, right? Correct. However, we have provided one home for a homeless gentleman in a Mansfield area where we live. And he was living on the streets and in his in his car basically he was living in his car and just didn't have a place and we did provide a camper trailer for him through house for a home so we have done that but no all of the homes that we have built since 2016 have been in kenya africa you know going back to bryson being in fifth grade i remember his bedroom being decorated for missions he had the painting of map on the wall and Mm -hmm. i think it had the scripture maybe go into all the world or or some scripture Mm -hmm. regarding mission work from when he was a young boy i remember that so is this one particular village that you are building homes for people in africa or is it it's is kenya it is it's specifically in a little area outside of nairobi kenya well if you drive it from Nairobi, it takes you about three hours, but on a flight, you go 45 minutes into Kasumu, and then you go another hour or so drive to Ahara, which is the small little village area where they have the main market. And so it's little surrounding people groups outside of specifically Ahara. Ahara. Before we get into specifics about the ministry, I love to listen to Darla talk about the people that they minister to when they go over to Africa, the food that they eat, the the way they worship. It's always fun when y'all are over there and you're posting about your week or your 10 days when you're over there. Tell us your favorite thing about spending time with the people you're ministering to. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that um, They're just beautiful, beautiful people. And they're so, sorry, (laughs) they are just so loving and so appreciative. And um, I got this last time when we went this past summer in in June, I got to go and help make, um, oh, not ungali. Ungali is kind of the pasty um, stuff that they make. And they eat it like it's corn. It's kind of a cornmeal base um deal and they pretty much eat that with every meal it fills their bellies up but then the potty i got to help them make zapati and that's kind of like a flour tortilla and they sit around those ladies and it's just a conversation time for those ladies and their kids and everybody to come around and sit and i wasn't making it quite as round and they want you to pat 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 and they showed me how to pat it on my hand and they would look at me and kind of giggle because you know they don't speak English and I don't speak you know their their language either um and they but we would communicate 
And it was just a beautiful thing. And I finally got one that was round because they want it completely round. They don't want it oval. <laughs> so, why? Do you know the reason? I don't know why. It's just they take pride in making it. And so, so do they applaud you when you made a round one? Yeah, they would look at me and just kind of smile and laugh. So I've got pictures of that. And then just sitting around the meal table with them because it is an, they treat us with great honor. It's a chicken. They have chickens that they raise to sell at the market, but they do not eat their chickens. It is like a Thanksgiving or Christmas whenever they eat chicken. They just don't, it's rice and beans and Ungali is pretty much what they have all the time. So, so, but to have a meal like that, that we get to eat what they eat and how they serve us. As a matter of fact, this last time when we were there, we went to the market and market is on every Tuesday. And if you go to market, I'm telling you what, there are people out the wazoos and they're selling all these, these fish that have been prepared in a special way and you can see their eyes still in a minute it's an experience to go to market but um the pastors that we serve with they and we eat with they were um buying fish and some of our guys were going with them and they always stay with us they don't let us get out of their sight just they just treat us very very kind and um I thought, oh, good, you know, they're going to get to eat fish. This is going to be really cool for them. Well, when we showed up, when we showed up to eat, we were getting the best of the best. And they had put that, they had planned to get that fish for us. It wasn't for them. And I was hoping that it was for them and their families, but it was to feed and to serve to us. So um, Mm -hmm. the table that they spread and their hospitality is incredible. Wow. Your tears remind me of a story our our youngest daughter, Piper, is doing an internship right now with social work. She's about to graduate, and last week she had a tough assignment, I guess it is. Some, a family had lost their home to a fire, and she got emotional about it because they had lost everything and they already didn't have very much, and she asked her supervisor, is it okay if I tear up when we get to their house? And the supervisor said, not only is it okay, it's natural. So when you feel something and you have empathy and you feel something deeply, it's just natural that you have tears. That's so right. it's beautiful. That's right. Well, I feel that, honestly, I feel like the most comfortable in my skin when I'm there doing what I do because I can get out there and just be me in a way that sometimes I don't think that I can hear. Hmm. Hmm. If you're listening and you hear wind noises, again, it is because we are sitting outside in a breeze, and so typically we we get those out, but we're just enjoying 70-degree weather here in the mountains, and it's lovely, and and we're catching a little breeze in our microphones, so it is what it is today. So, house for a home. You're building houses. You're building homes. You're building a dwelling. You're building a secure place for these people in this little village in Africa. Define for for us what what that kind of home is that you're building, because I know it's quite different than what we define as a home. Yes, it's far different than the home that we would live in, and even the poorest of poor people here have a better home in America than what you think is there but for eight hundred dollars um the home that we build over there it is 
got a, a dirt floor and then it has it starts out with like wood wood sticks you would call them probably wood sticks and then um the rafters are are like a rafter so it's just like a two bedroom or a two room home and um, they have rafters but the main most important thing is the roof and that's the most cost costly item is the tin a lot of the the roofs there are built out of just um thatch and 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 um thatch you know the tree limbs and stuff and those do not last at all so the tin roof is most important and then they come back after they put the and I say they're sticks it's basically what if you look at it you would call it sticks but they're they're you Brushes. know stronger a, and sturdier not a two by four not no a home Depot no it is not a, four. It correct is, yes. and then they mud it um and it takes about a day to build these homes and the the workers come they'll walk they'll catch a a motorbike and or you know they they just find a way to get there and it's all within a anywhere from a five to ten mile ride to get there to the building site for these people or they'll get it what they call a toot toot and it's just a little um three wheel little cart type thing and they'll they'll bring the workers there they'll haul their sticks and the tin on that or you'll see them on a motorbike hauling the tin and stuff to the site so how quickly can they build a house from start to finish they start like early in the morning like around 7 38 and they begin to dig the holes to put the main post in the four post around and um and they dig it by hand with the big <laughs> you know just post hole diggers or? no 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 not, not post hole diggers shovel uh, not even a shovel they don't have shovels what pick. they use wow. a pick what they use to get the dirt out of the hole with is their hands or just a little bowl and um so yeah so that's it's it's a mud dirt floor two room home no plumbing no plumbing just a shelter just a shelter so they finish this home in a day they do finish it in a day they don't completely finish the mudding because the mudding has to cure and so that will take depending on the rain sometimes it could take a week to a month to get the mudding on the home completely finished as well as depending on because the whole community the whole little neighborhood they will join in to come and help mud that home and if they don't have the community or people around to help them mud the home and so a lot of them don't and if they're too old to do it themselves or whatever the circumstance then we'll put 10 walls versus the mudding but they do prefer the mud because it helps keep them cooler or warmer depending on the season Mm -hmm. so then i'm just sitting here thinking about the contrast um we build a home here and it's going to take anywhere from six months to a year plus depending on the size and scale of of a home so that's quite a difference plus what is eight hundred dollars it's nothing in comparison to to what we expect to live in here so eight hundred dollars is is nothing what it what is their average wage would you say the average wage for the people that we build these homes for is a dollar to two dollars a day hmm. so you know thir- and what are they living in before you build a house for them yeah 
the trees. Okay. <laughs> Some of them do stay with other family members or friends, but they'll have to split their children up. And it's just, again, to sleep on um, a floor if they don't have a mattress and, you know, just go in and sleep on the floor. But it's they'll sleep in shelter with a friend or, again, a lot of times it's just they don't have anything. And so they're sleeping under the bush, under the trees. Um, single moms? The majority... I think the house we built was for a single mom, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes, the majority of these are single moms um, due to the husband dies in an accident or it's due to the war and they've lost their life in, in a war, combat or whatever, or the husband leaves or there's just not a husband. The way of life there is is very, very different and the things that they have to do in order to provide for themselves if a husband is not there is um, hard. I'm remembering a conversation with you in the past regarding these homes help get people out of prostitution. Yes. Am I correct yes. in that? Yes. Yes. So sometimes the home will be built and the husband will have been dead, passed away for like two or three years, and you'll see this mom with an infant and people may look at that and go well i thought the husband had passed but in unfortunately in order for them to make it in life they do what they have to do it's not because what they want to Mm -hmm. there was one lady and she was disabled she didn't have full use of her Um, arms and everything I don't know exactly what happened to her but we built a home for her this past summer you said she had no arms wow it's a whole different world something we know nothing about absolutely nothing about and you know here in America especially the end of the year people tend to give because you can write it off on your taxes that's not the only reason, but that's a plus for us. And there's nothing wrong with that to take that advantage. But we're getting something. Every time we, not every time, many times when we give here in the United States, sometimes, you know, you go to a, to a function, it's an auction for a good cause. The money that you pay for that auction item goes toward the cause, but you get to go home with an auction item. You know, we get something when we give a lot of times here. But when you're giving like that, you're not getting something monetary, but but you say that you're more blessed than they are. So you're you're still receiving something. And my point is, it's not often that we have the opportunity to give to someone that cannot give to us. They can't give back. And, and are we willing to give into a situation when we know we're getting nothing back? Monetarily, they cannot pay for this home. They can't make payments right. on it. They can't. But yes. you say you're, you walk away more blessed. Tell us about that. It's just a very humbling, humbling feeling because, again, I look at the people that we go and love on and give and hold their babies and um, the smile that they 
give us in return, um, your heart just leaves pounding with joy and so full. Um, it's I don't know that I can really describe the sense of awe, but I mean, I've done missions ever since I was, I guess, in college and just have had a heartbeat for that. And um, I'm so thankful again for all of the people who have given through my life in order to help make these trips possible because I don't fund them all on my own. People give to help make it happen for me because I don't have just $3,000, $4,000 sitting around to go on trips like these myself either, but people have given to me to help make that happen. So I'm very, it's very humbling and it's just an indescribable sense of knowing that you have helped someone sleep a little bit sounder um, to provide a meal for their children and for their children to go to school. I mean, these homes mean so much more than its pride of and dignity. You know, pride of ownership and just dignity that you're no longer living on the, the you know, the out in the woods or whatever. But your chil- their children are now have a better chance of going to school. And education is their way out. And they know it. They do not take education for granted. So these families are now able to get their children a good night's sleep. And the majority of these um, families that we build for, they're in an area where we also are supported by some feeding programs that we partner with. And so we know that their children are now going to be in a school to where they can go to this church and go to the feeding program and get rice and beans, you know, Mm -hmm. five days a week. So their bellies are going to be full. I mean, there's just so much more, you know, it's, I don't know, but indescribable. Some protection now from predators, People predators yes. and animal predators yes. and the weather and yeah. You know, sometimes when we give to organizations that we aren't familiar with, we don't know how much is actually getting to the people. We don't know if the government is taking it and it's not getting where it's supposed to be. But we know with you, these funds are getting to these places and, and you see a tangible photo when you have donated $800 or three of you donating each together, but, but you know, you see a picture of the family in front of their home when it's being built and you know, that was the home you built. I think that is just super cool. Yes. And we get the story of that and they're normally always again, widows. Um, sometimes it will be a, a man and a wife and their family. Um, sometimes it will be an older man. I mean, we've built them for people who are blind and the elderly who can't do for themselves. So there's just so many different things. But the pastors that we work with, we work with six different pastors, and they make sure that it's people that they go back into that home and they continue to minister to that that family. So it's not that they they know these people and they go back and continue to have touches with them to continue to help them. So we're going to have a way for our listeners to donate. But my question is, you say it cost $800. And if someone wanted to help, but they didn't have $800, they could give what they could. Yes. Yes. And then when you collect $800, 
then that goes to build a house. Yes. And it could be, they could go in with friends or they could just donate X amount of dollars and other people's will be added to that. Exactly, yes. Okay. So a lot of times people will do a birthday. I want to do this for my birthday. People will do it for Christmas gifts. They do it, um, you know, and then I will try to, if, if you get it to me in time before Christmas, I could actually have that picture back and you could give that picture to your family mm-hmm. and and that way. But they also receive a, a mattress and a blanket and a Bible. And we're working on trying to see how we could also get just like a month's worth of, of rice and beans, um, flour. We're, so we're looking at some other ways where we can expand what we do to continue to help set up home for for those families. Now, this was originally set up more for real estate transactions in closing part of your closing cost could be to donate a house. Is that kind of how it was set up in the beginning, but then it's expanded to more? Am I correct? Well, it's not your closing cost. Okay. You, you can't, in a real estate transaction, you can't do that. So, but yes, my son is a realtor and his dream was for realtors and um, even lenders or the, the title company or anyone involved in the transaction, the insurance people, we share this with them. And if they choose to give a donation, okay, so it cannot be connected and a check can't be written. Okay. You know, so they're very, very. So I see how someone, for instance, is selling a house when their house is sold, they could easily take $800 from their proceeds yes. and say, I want to give this to build a house. Yes. Yes. Or the realtor can take it out of their commission. Yes. Like okay. Bryson, with every transaction that he has, he gets a certain amount. And once we get to 800, then we build a home. Okay. So there's so many different different ways or reasons why you can give. Yeah. So, you know, for people out there that, that want to help in a tangible way, but know that they could never go actually build or go there and do something themselves what a what a great way to invest in in people's lives that that's so affordable and so rewarding to know you helped put someone in a shelter yes and i remember hearing y'all talking on one of your podcasts about you know making a teeny difference in your part of the world and it is truly a teeny difference but it is an overwhelming difference to that person so wow well it is a it is an excellent way if um, you're looking for an avenue to pour into someone's life to give um, because you've been blessed so if you're looking for an opportunity to give outside yourself this would be an excellent one and uh, you could be assured that your money is really going to build a home. It's not going for red tape. It's not going for bureaucracy. It's not going to a crooked government. It's going straight to a person in need right there in, in uh, what's the village name again? A Harrow. A Harrow, Africa. So we encourage you to consider this and uh, look, look to see what you could do and share this with someone because there's there's plenty of people out there that have a heart to give when they see a need 
but we have to know the need. And so we're putting it out here today. Here's, an, here's just another need um, in a sea of many. Is there something we didn't ask you that you want to share about this? Um, some of the other things that we are trying to start is we have two gentlemen that have gone with us over the past couple of years, and they are businessmen. And we're trying to also help once we get them in a home and they don't have a means or a job or anything, we've started a sewing or we've helped to start a sewing ministry and business. And so these two gentlemen are coming in to help build some structure of what would it cost for them to have a place to put their sewing machine? What would it cost for them and their materials and all their costs? Because they don't they don't have that education to know that. So we have these gentlemen coming alongside to help them know and, 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 and think about that. So we're doing some seed money to help them. And so we're expanding our ministry in that way to help them to be able to continue to stay in that home and, and keep it. So you're teaching them how to fish yes, and not just giving yes. them fish. We've got um, a beauty salon that we're trying to help get started with one of the pastors there and the people that are getting these homes. Um, we also have another gentleman who does rice farming, and so we're trying to help him learn how to expand his rice farming and incorporate some of these people to work. And and so it's, it's more than – I mean, it, it's being – expanded in so many different ways well that's awesome well i just uh encourage always myself first and then whomever may be listening second um to look for ways to give outside of yourself and the exact encouragement regarding today's episode would be to look for a way to give when you know there's no way possible that that person could give back to you and and just do it because you can and uh, not expect anything in return. And I think there is a great, great joy in giving that way. So that's my encouragement today for all of us is to give, to give when we know we can't be given in return. Yeah. You know, you asked me one other thing. One of the the last time we went this past summer, we were in one of the um, church services with them, and they had a time, an offering to give of what they had. And um, talk about very humbling, and even thinking about in the Bible where it refers to the widow's might, and she gave all that she had. They take that seriously, and they come up, and you could hear the little coins dropping in the bucket just dropping in the bucket and they would just march up and 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 give what they had and i have not a clue Mm. if it was one cent two cents five cents or whatever but um they do give and um so that was very humbling and then obviously just another thing you asked me what it some of my highlights where i said the food and all of that but their worship services you know I just loved it because they were up there and they in their native in their natural habitat of or whatever of their culture dancing and singing and the joy that was on them knowing the circumstances of life and it was hot <laughs> it was hot there but they were they had smiles on their face and it was exuberant joy coming from them 
Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> well, thank and you for, for the opportunity. Giving. <laughs> so, look for the information that Paula is going to put out there. And Coming up next week, we are going to discuss what's in your car console along with other fun things. I have received some hilarious things that are in people's car. So we still want to hear from you. You can email us, hello at findingsilverlinings.org. Tell us what's in your car console. Next week's episode is going to be the big reveal, and we're going to send out some prizes. We've got a game to play with your answers, so you still have time to tell us what's in your car console. It's so easy to help someone that we know or love or that we see every day, but I believe it's even harder to just bless someone randomly Mm -hmm. that you don't know or cannot bless you back. So I think that would be our encouragement this week, to look for those ways. And if you find a way, we want you to let us know. Send us an email, hello at findingsilverlinings.org, and tell us how you bless someone who couldn't possibly bless you back. In today's episode, I reveal my love of compression stockings. Don't worry, they're not your grandma's stockings. They follow the latest trends to create styles where fashion meets fun. They're copper compression socks and a simple solution to leg swelling and pain on long trips. They revive and energize tired feet, increase circulation, prevent varicose veins, relief from pain, increased energy, and all-day comfort. We've linked these up in the podcast notes as well as on our website, findingsilverlinings.org. Again, their website is houseforahome.org. I have linked them up onto our website, findingsilverlinings.org. Either way, you're going to be able to find pictures of what they do, find a way to donate, find a way to get involved if that's something you would like to do to bless them and bless people on the other side of the world. If we brought a little silver lining to your life, subscribe to our channel and be in the know about things to come. You can also find out more about our mission at findingsilverlinings.org. And of course, if we blessed your life with this podcast, tell a friend about us and bless them as well. both pistachio farms we also went to the heart of the desert which we love that we i'll love- edit all that out what happened i got a dog biting on my toes <laughs> okay we'll, we'll carry on from there we love both